I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Quartet Sunup Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Levinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future jiu-jitsu world champion, Gracie Academy Black Thumb. Talk about Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got uh, UC Vegas 71 to go over UC Vegas 72 coming up. We have to recap a massive weekend for boxing and MMA. Before that, we are brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and the Elixir Rogue Energy. Code sound off a checkout for 10% off to keep me fueled up going through the day, going through this podcast right now, ladies and gentlemen. And you can be fueled up as well with code sound off for 10% off at rogueenergy.com and elixir.com is the exact opposite. They got Delta 8, 9, 10 products. They've got joints, gels, vapes, gummies, whatever you want. They got it and they can get you really high with code sound off for 10% off. At checkout. Fantastic, fantastic sponsors of the show. Shout out to them. Been with us for a while and we appreciate, uh, working with us for so long. Look, man, um, there was a lot of fighting over the weekend. There are some weekends where, like, for example, the one that's coming up right now, I mean, we got some fights, you know, Vegas 72, obviously, but it's kind of more low key card. And even then, you know, I don't know if this, I don't think there's any real big boxing going down. Last weekend was one of the most jam-packed filled schedules of combat sports that you'll probably have all year. Uh, but we'll hit it off at the UFC first, man, because in the main events, we had Sergei Pavlich going out there and putting a stamp on his potential title shot, man. Uh, facing Curtis Blades, and we kind of knew, like, all right, either Curtis went down early, or Curtis is going to take this big boy down, and he's going to put him down early, you know? Um in the end, first came out the shot for the takedown, couldn't get him down. Sergey ends up getting the knockout win. Ladies and gentlemen, that is now one, two, three, four, five, six. First round finishes. Five foot, six foot, seven foot, eight, six for Sergey. <laughs> he's working on it. And, uh, yeah, man, what'd you think? Afterwards, he said he's going to go ahead and wait for the title shot. I think that's probably the smartest thing to do. Seems about right, right? Look, yeah. I, I said to Josh, I'm like, I'm gonna get fucked. I finally picked Curtis and it's gonna happen. And that was, I was circling the whole way and then I don't know why I decided to switch it up. Like, maybe it will happen. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get it together. I fucking jinxed myself. So. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna start writing with my gut though. I'm like, you, uh, this has been my whole thing this year. I'm like, I'm gonna go pick the fighters I initially think are gonna win. So. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna make it a point this year. Cause even, I even thought about picking Bruno Silva that week. Like, I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, Brad's going to have, I don't know. And that was my initial, but then I switched up, so I was like, ah, but then Brad, I don't know. Regardless, though. Yeah, another, another finish by Sergey, six in a row. Uh, tied second for UFC finishes, Josh. Uh, I forget with who. But by chance, do you know who number one is? It's a, he's Amer- he's American, so I'll make it easy on you. Is this like, like finishes, like, what do you mean? Like, like in general? You- uh, like, I think KO streak. KO streak? Oh, that's, man. Because um, he has five KOs in a row, right? Uh, I believe Circa has six. Six, 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 my bad, yeah. Six, six in a row. Yeah. Um, who's number one? Number one is Chuck, no other than Chuck Liddell that I stand oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, man, I mean, as far as the win goes, I mean, I was not exactly shocked. Um, 
we kind of knew, I mean, like, like I said a couple minutes ago, we kind of thought this is going to be, this is one of those matchups where, like, it's not going to be competitive. Like, it's just, they're, they're one of those guys going to go out there and one of them's going to be the hammer and one's going to be the nail. And, uh, Curtis Blades was the nail. Um, I mentioned earlier Sergey Pavlovich. He said that he was going to go ahead and wait for the title shot. Do you think that he'll actually end up fighting John Jones or Steve Miocic? I mean, we're still Angel. We're still talking about John Jones or Steve Miocic. We've been talking about <laughs> it for like years now. Dan said that John won the title in like January, and like he just fucked off, and he hasn't heard from him since. Um, and now apparently the fight was aimed for July, and now they're saying November. If Kurt, I mean, if Sergey Pavlovich stays out, he might be out until. He, who even knows, dude? Next I mean, year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, do you think there? Do you think he'll even end up fighting John Jones or Stipe? Nah, fuck, I don't know. I, no matter what, he'll at least weigh in as a backup. You know, he already did that though. He'll do it again. I guess. Yeah, okay. I mean, the backup thing. I wonder. I, they're trying to turn that into like backup gets the next title shot, but then there's still some times where like, you know, like I just said, Sergey was the backup, and now he might just have to be the backup again. Like, I don't know, but um. I mean, who else are you gonna give it to? I, I, I don't know. And who else is he gonna fight? It's literally no one else. Yeah. Unless, unless some crazy rising contender comes out of nowhere. Someone on a crazy one streak. Which means yeah, I mean, it's I, not I impossible can't a heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, I, the only guy that I can honestly see having. Any, no, actually no. I can't think of, I can't think of anybody that would get a title shot outside of Sergey. And they're gonna do the Stipe thing because, reasons. But, I mean, if we know that he's getting a title shot, I'd be shocked if they did end up going the other, uh, if they actually went with Sergey. I know that some people were like, hopefully, you know, they'll swap him out, but I really don't think that's gonna happen. I think Stipe's pretty, pretty dead set on this thing. How does um, some crazy shit happens though, like where they can't come to an agreement? It's like, hey, bro, like this, this shit is just too much. We're not well, and and let's be fair, that's very much a possibility. I mean, <laughs> so you got but, options now. Yeah, so they got options. They got options. That's important. But uh, yeah, dude, huge win for Sergey Pavlovich. I mean, he's an interesting, dude. And I saw some people. I before we move on, I want to not talk about what's next, and I actually want to talk about kind of about his development. Um, cause I heard somebody talk about how, like, okay, John Jones versus Sergey will be like Searle versus John Jones. And they were kind of making the point that, like, everybody was so hyped for Cyril cause he's this new breed of heavyweight, but he hadn't really been tested. And whenever he got tested by a guy like John Jones, he got taken down and mauled. Do you buy the, I do buy that that's sort of an idea that, Whenever, because I see some people being like, Sergey, oh, John's going to duck Sergey. Like, do you think that's a, a reasonable possibility that just whenever John will fight him, because he's not really afraid, because it could, it's going to be another Cyril Khan type fight. Just another young heavyweight who hasn't yeah. been tested. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he, I don't know why he would try to duck him. Why would he? You know, there's no reason to. Well, I mean, it's not because he's, you know, 37 and says he only wants to fight Stipe and then retire. I mean, yeah, but if he does that, he does that, but I don't think yeah. he's trying to duck him. That's fair. And duck's probably not the right terminology to use, but, um, yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's interesting. Sergey Pavlovich, he's a guy with an interesting development. Because I, I see people make that same comparison to Cyril, and I don't necessarily agree. Um, because he already had his Cyril gone John Jones moment. And it was whenever he fought Alistair Overeem on short notice. And yeah. Alistair Overeem, who was like ranked, 
number people say he lost to an old Overeem. I hate that shit. Like I understand why people say it, but that was November 2018. At that point, Overeem was, you know, he was still in title contention. Um just that like the year before he knocked out Fabrizio over Doom and Mark Hunt, or it's not knocked out for Doom, but he beat him and he was a top contender at that point. Sergey already had his kind of serial gone John Jones fight when he fought over him and he went in there and kind of shit the shit his pants and got taken down and TKO'd immediately. Um, he seems to have grown from that. So uh, that's partially why I really want to see a Sergey versus John Jones fight. Cause I think he's kind of already had that moment. I think he's learned from it. And a young guy that's learned from his mistakes, that's what's intriguing to me. But we'll see. You know, kind of to get it, talk a little bit about Marcelo's still, Josh. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were giving him, well, some of his wins don't come out with, like, some sort of caveats, right? Like, it was like, well, he lost to Derek, and Derek was coming off, you know, whatever loss. Ty fought three months later mm-hmm. or whatever. Shamil was old. Regardless of all of that, he got his one where the, there was no excuses. Mm-hmm. He has proven himself. Simple as that. Mm. I agree. I 100% agree. You know, and I understand that some people were doing that thing where they're putting the asterisks on there. And, and dude, like, there's not a single fight in MMA that where if you don't want to put an asterisk on it, if you want to find one and you want to put it there, you're going to find a reason to put it there. You know Probably I mean? all the combat, though, right? Every single fight. There's not a single one. I mean, we're going to talk about it in a couple minutes. Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. I mean, you can pick, like, seven there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Brad Tavares. Let's just do not go one down. Bruno Silva, Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares, uh, he's older now. He's taking a lot of damage. So that win just doesn't mean as much. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can minimize any win that you want. You know what I mean? That's right. uh, that's that's the kind of funny thing about MMA. But that, since we're talking about it, co-main event, dude. Bruno Silva, who we both picked against. I mean, 33 years old, coming off two losses in a row. Fuck man, uh, Brad, Brad out. initially though, like he he was fighting the right fight to begin with, but once he got tagged, like panic set in. Yeah, I mean, and he got tagged hard, man. Bruno Silva did not let up the gas, and he uh, got the first round win. What'd you think, man? I it, this was obviously a huge win for him, and he's back. Kind, he'll probably get another big name next. He's kind of a guy that I don't think the UC. I don't know if they had high expectations for him coming in. They probably didn't. But he's emerging as, like, one of these, like, a really fun guy, 185, might be ranked. I mean, what do you think about his potential future? I mean, his start of his career was hot, man. I mean, you, you got to look back at it. It was against some pretty fun guys. I mean, he was fighting the fun fights. Talking Wellington Terman, Andrew Sanchez, Jordan Wright. Like, fucking guys are do or die, in the, you know, in the first round. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, then he got to Alex Pajas, uh, Alex Pajas on it, which a lot of people remember that fight because it was, like, they went to distance, you know, there were some He had some moments. He had some moments. And then turning around a few months later, fight Cheryl Merchart, third round submission. Fuck me, you know? Mm. So be it. Cheryl Merchart's one of those guys that could do that. He brought it back out with the Brad Tavares, but I'm curious to see how far he can take this. Because clearly there's some potential there. Because look, he's the guy who didn't get finished before Izzy, who took it, you know? Like there's, mm-hmm. or we're chat- like there's something to it, right? You know? And once again, it comes back down to those things about fighting Josh where we could pick at things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of experience. He's been around the block for a while. He's older. And there's a division that needs contenders desperately. Mm-hmm. I think this would be perfect if he's able to keep going. I don't know. And especially now that Kelvin's moving down to 170, which, I mean, I'm sure that's news for later, right, Josh? 
Uh, I mean, I didn't include in the rundown because we don't really know if who he's going to fight yet. Uh, but yeah, Kelvin Gaston, 170. Yeah. So that's a slot opening up right there in the division for someone. We got guys that are like Brunson who are kind of on the way out. You know, and there's some young contenders on the, on the end of the division. There's potential for a older, experienced veteran guy like Brutus to come in and make some noise. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I was very impressed with this win, man. I really thought that. Maybe that Al, whenever he lost to Gerald Mirshard, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's not the, uh, maybe it's not gonna be, maybe he's not gonna be as good as we'd hope, you know? Like, cause I remember watching that Pahea fight and thinking, like, cause obviously he went for takedowns in that one, uh, but he had some moments on the feet too, and it was a really entertaining fight. I don't even think he won a round, but it was one of those fights where, like, he kept himself in it, and he won exchanges, and I came away feeling impressed. But then he lost to Mirshard, and I was like, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that was just him assenting on one night, like we see guys do from time to time. But no, he actually seems to be like a pretty, a pretty competent guy at 185 and 33 years old, but just kind of breaking into that his prime. I feel like we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, keep an eye on Bruno Silva. Um, but I mean, as far as the card goes, dude, I mean, we got to talk about the controversy. Bobby Green wants his fucking money, Angel. Bobby Green wants his fucking money. Is this not a Moicano? <laughs> no, Moicano was asking for money. Bobby Green needs his money. <laughs> Rolls up to press conference, drips <laughs> out with a sack of cash. Yeah, well, Bobby Green, dude, I mean, let's talk about it. Jared, like Jared Gordon, he, uh, not intentional, likely, you know, but he, he headbutted the shit out of him, uh, as, uh, Jared Gordon. Just, and, and nobody's fault, it, it happens, right? Um, but and he ends up swarming him for the win, and it looked like you know Bobby Green big knockout win, boom. Instead, they end up changing it. What do you think about this man? And I understand that some people are saying that Bobby Green is overreacting, and I kind of I get that reaction because you know it was an accident, and it wouldn't be fair to give that loss to Jared Gordon. Uh, but dude, like. What a what a weird situation. Like, what do you how do you think about what do you think about how they handled this case? Because you've seen other guys get hurt before from headbutts, and we just saw Chris Curtis get dropped with a headbutt and then lose the fight, partially because the judge judge decided he got dropped. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, granted, though, it, that one was different because he was coming up, you know, and it was hard to catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was Bobby going in, and it is very clear that it happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a little bit of stuff there, but I mean, it should be, you know, there shouldn't be, it should be an unconscious. They should run it back. And this is a good fight, man. You know, it was shaping up to be something pretty fun. Uh, you know, I, I had Bobby Green as my pick for this fight. I know we don't do uh, picks for, uh, outside of the main and come in for uh, just regular cards that aren't pay-per-view. Mm. But, uh, you know, for my money, I would have picked Bobby Green. And, uh, he, you know, he had his moment in there, but had but fucked it all up and it is what it is, man. It's, you know, with a, uh, I think it was Southpaw versus Southpaw, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, there's a tendency to happen with that. So it is what it is. It really sucks that both of them don't get paid, right? But it happened. What can you do about it? Run it back, recover, schedule it as soon as possible, right? Or as reasonably as possible, right? Cause, uh, mm-hmm. you don't know how Jerry Gordon is feeling or how much it affected him. Obviously, enough to, you know, him to go down on the ground and get hit once on the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean. But regardless, I mean, this can be resolved. It's just, you know, you don't get paid, and that fucking sucks. I get it, man. I'm at it. 
I imagine going to work and working whatever hours you work and not getting bed for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And preparing, too, to go to work. Like, now there's a whole lead up to it. But hey, man, this, this is the nature of the sport. It's how shit goes. What, what else can you fucking do? You know what I mean? What else can you fucking do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. There's nothing that Bobby Green can do. And it sucks. And I think that some people would be like, you know, he's complaining too much. It's your fault. Yada, yada, yada. It's just like, I'm really just, I'm not even saying, I'm not even talking about whose fault. I'm just asking you to put yourself in the guy's shoes. Now, him going after Paul Felder and everybody else, pretty immature. I wasn't a fan of that. But, uh, cause he said that, you know, Paul Felder, he knows what time it is and he needs to stop being so unprofessional. I, I, dude, like, there's not like a week that people can go by without bitching about the commentary. Like, I'm not even, I'm gonna be honest. I, we've talked about it ourselves in the past and we talk about it every once in a while how sometimes DC or Paul Felder or any of these guys, like, they just have bad nights. Same as any job, right? But dude, I feel like we can't go a fucking we can't go three minutes well, without somebody a fighter complaining about Paul Felder or DC or I, I'm Joe that, Rogan though, or somebody. I'm gonna add to that though. You got you also got to think. Yeah. Jerry Gordon and Paul Felder are homies. They're friends. They, are, they used yeah. to be trading partners. So there is that to it though. There's a little bit. But at the same time, dude, I will say that's one that's the one beauty about sport in a way with the commentary and it also has the downside. But these guys know each other, you know, so they bought each other. Mm. You know, there's history there. There's always going to be, you know, there's a little something there. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and all, and but people talk about people don't really think about that, man. They, and and I, I hear people talk about all the time. For example, like any solution involving fixing judging or refereeing, it's like why don't we get why don't we get like different fighters in there? Why don't we get more fighters to fill these roles? And then it's like, but now that we have fighters doing commentary and analysis work, and they're like doing media stuff, everybody's fucking angry all the time. So it's like, <laughs> you guys are getting your wish. More fighters are involved in other processes of the sport, and now they're fucking angry about it. It's just it, not. I'm sure, Josh, you're telling me you don't want DC to be a judge for one of uh, John's fights. Come on. Exactly. You see, see, pe- people still say that shit though, and then they go and complain about how like commentary is biased. It's like you guys want more fighters involved in like stuff after fighting, right? You guys want these fighters to have jobs after fighting, and you want them to stay involved in the sport, but you don't like them to have opinions on fighters and that are currently involved in the sport. You know how fucking stupid that sounds when you say it out loud. Like, um, obviously it's a different case by case basis, but um. I think that a lot of people just don't want really to think about that sort of stuff, man. And it's like, yeah, Paul Felder, is he probably a little bit biased whenever you see some of these guys on like out there? It's like, hell yeah, man. But that's not Paul Felder's fault. The UC shouldn't have those guys behind the desk at all. Or, I mean, probably. I mean, I think, especially if, the, if they're still involved in like modern combat, you know what I mean? Like, for example, I think a guy like DC is probably fine because DC retired. He's been retired for three years. He doesn't even train. You know what I mean? Like, DC definitely doesn't train. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I think it's fine for him. But I think Come on, Josh. Kid, but... You know, DC's a heavyweight, man. He can still try it. <laughs> no, I'm saying he could, but he would talk about how he's not really doing it anymore. You know what I mean? No, I know, I know. I'm fucking red. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, as far as the Bobby Green thing goes, I get it. But, uh, definitely a weird situation. Well, ho- hopefully he gets rebooked. As far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, I thought it was actually a pretty fun fight. Let me rephrase. Fine, a fun fight night. There were a couple of solid knockouts here. What, uh, what fight did we talk about, man? We gotta talk about the fight that started off the night, dude. Brady Highstand versus a name I'm not gonna pronounce. 
What a comeback fucking finish, Josh. And then the end celebration with all the blood in his face and the, the roar and then just being peeled out of his mind, shredded, and just <laughs> screaming. It was fucking awesome, dude. That was pretty fucking sick, dude. And by the way, like, you know how, like, sometimes we talk, talk about, like, how it must be so weird to fight at, like, <laughs> midday? Like, Brady Heistan probably <laughs> just had the greatest moment of his life at, like, 2.57 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that that fight was fucking incredible, dude. Got the finish. And then that was the first fight of the night. Like, right. literally, like, they didn't give that one fight of the night, but, like... That, that it was take just think about that. Like that was like Brady Tyson. That was the moment of his life, and it happened at two fifty seven on the fight one on a UFC fight night in front of zero fans of the UFC Apex. But that's what makes this sport so fucking good, Angel. I was way. in my house getting fired up watching that shit. <laughs> really, you watched that? Did you watch that in the moment? I watched. Uh, yeah, man. I, that was like it was the first fight on the card. I watched the whole card. Man, dude, that I don't do that too often these days. But I got every, to see most of it. Every Brady High Stand fight has been great, dude, since the Ultimate Fighter. There has not been a single boring fight. He's, you know what? He's he's only like, what, nine fights in? Eight fights in? He's a guy that I got hopes for. Not in terms of maybe like being a champion, but like. He's so young, though. We don't know what the future is. Exactly. Dude. At his age and with his, like, he's not really fought much. This guy's a limit for that kid, dude. You know what I mean? I love, I love that shit. Um, he has he has a yeah. good fucking group of people behind him. Juliana Pena, Mike, yeah, something some good fucking people to look up to. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, if there's like two people that you probably want, it's gonna be them. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Michael Kiesa, man. Like, I know this is off topic, dude, but for me, he's just one of those guys that I love his career, tr- like just trajectory, going into the tough house, losing his dad, answering that fucking phone call. Fuck, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it, just because you and me are very close to well. You've already talked about this on the show, Josh, but you talked about how your dad passed a few years ago now. And, uh, you yeah. know, I, I talk about my dad all the time. And we both have very supportive parents when it comes to the podcast, right? And I, you talked about all the time how your dad would always ask you about it. My dad mm. still watches and asks us about it all the time. Mm. I want you to know, Josh, I think my dad loves you more than me because he's always <laughs> asking about how you're doing, too. He's always be like, how's this writing going and all that? Yeah. And him getting that phone call, finding about his dad passing away, and him staying on the fucking show, fighting and winning it. Yeah, and going on and having his career welterweight uh, at a uh, good now career at welterweight and finding some success and hopefully making a career uh, a return soon is is just fucking awesome, dude. I I just want to mention that real quick. I know that is completely off topic. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I get it. I mean, that's if you're talking about like moments, like there, that's kind of the thing about um fighting more than any other sport. Like there are sports uh, stories where like you'll hear it and it's like that's just. I can't even imagine doing that to like play a game or to to compete. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Kias was probably the one that I I think I couldn't do because um, I can I think I can I think I probably go through like a, some I, I've I've been fucked up in my life. You know what I mean? Like I've got I've gotten into fights. I've had injuries. You know what I mean? Like I'm a human being. You know, you live long enough, you have it happen. But I don't think I could stay in that tough house after uh, my dad died and to go ahead and to um, like. Go on, like, to, cause, like, there, okay, look, there, there's gonna come a point whenever, like, your parents are gonna pass away someday, and that was my, one of my worst fears. And for, like, a lot of people, that's, like, a big fear. I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. Um, and for Michael Chiesa to have that, the high of getting into the tough house, followed by one of the worst days of your life. And for him to 
choose to stay in there and to stay in that environment. Cause when, when you're in the tough house, you're not on your phone, dude. Like you're in there with yourself and like a bunch of drunk dudes. That's probably the worst. <laughs> inv- dude, think about this. You, like the, the emotional like roller coaster, you get in the tough house and it's just that one of the worst days of your life. And not only that, you have to bog that down because you're surrounded by a guys who are, you're literally going to fucking fight. And he somehow came out on the other side. Like, Michael Chiesa does not get the respect for that reason. It's just, it's like, like he just doesn't get respect for that, I think. I mean, I, I think. A lot of people love him, man. Even McKinney. Yeah. Terrence McKinney's another guy who looks at, like, likes him a lot. I know worked, I think he did some coaching, some wrestling coaching at his high school. And fucking big impact in his life, right? You know, like, it just goes to show the kind of impact this guy's had in his in his career. Mm-hmm. And shit, he was all, he he came on tough too. Like, I remember Mike Kessa showed up on tough and he was like, you, you saw the fucking smile on his face when he saw him. Like, oh shit, this is my guy. You know, this is mm. my homie, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so he's got a good camp around him. I mean, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, we still have way more time other, on this so, than I Some I other highlight finish, yeah. man. Some other big ones, yeah. Shout out, shout out Chris Giosquiagos, who like, we've talked about in the past. I don't know how good or bad this guy is whatsoever. Like, if you look at his record, it's like, all right, debuted with a loss to Charlie Olives. <laughs> like, fucking, I know. get it, man. I, I, I'm on the same boat. <laughs> like, so, okay, he's actually had two UFC runs. I forget about this. Okay, so he, he debuted against Gilbert Burns back in 2014, beat uh, Jorge de Oliveira, lost to Chris Wade, got cut. Came back, 2018, got submitted by Charlie Olives, beat two guys, lost to Jakar Coles, won two in a row, uh, including Sean Soriano in there. Lost to Armand Saruki and lost to Tiago Moises, and then he knocks out Ricky Glenn. Like, I got no clue how good this guy is. Like, somewhere. I mean, he's you he's know. lost to the crime of the Kevin Baron, though, like at the top. Tiago Moises, formerly exactly. ranked. Yeah. Armand Saruki, future champ. <laughs> Charles Oliveira, former champ. Dracar Close. A guy who, for some reason, is, does, like, I never think Dracar Close is a lightweight, like, coming up guy, potentially be in the ranking soon guy. But he really is, you know? Like, it's it's kind of crazy how he's, like, right there. He just had, a, obviously, Brunel Dyer, you shut that train down back in 2020. Obviously, German Stevens <laughs> fucked, that, fucked that whole fight up way back then. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Pushed him? That shit. Fuck, dude. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of those craziest – that's one of the craziest things that nobody talks about. Like, whenever Jeremy Stevens is going to fight, Jakar Close – um, cause obviously it was just a shove. And I remember at the time, whenever he shoved him and he pulled out, uh, and Jakar Close got diagnosed with a concussion, I remember some people being like, did he really get a concussion though? Or is he faking <laughs> it? Or, cause you know, people are fucking stupid. And then he went ahead and, uh, it actually, he, they later talked about it. He missed two years because he had a spinal injury. It was like a cervical sprain in his spine. Um, and it's somebody with spine issues. I know that that's you don't really want to fuck with it. Essentially, he had like extreme whiplash. Is probably uh, the best way to put it. He had extreme whiplash and a concussion from being shoved by Jeremy Stevens. And still, he had Jeremy Stevens out there like you fucking pussy. You won't fight. You know what I mean? Like I'm joking. I don't know if he was doing that, but you know, <laughs> uh, there. I know that there were people doing it at the time though. Um, but anyways, man. I mean, yeah. It's just to kind of close out Vegas '71. I mean. Montel Jackson knocking out Ronnie Yaya. That one sucked to see. Uh, big Ronnie Yaya guy. Um, Jeremiah Welch. Yeah, I mean, he's... How old is he now? He's like 42? 
38. Wow, he looks like he's 70. So, <laughs> come on, Josh. I won't be so Ronnie Ayo was 107 years old whenever he got knocked out by Mont. <laughs> when he got knocked out by Montel Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, but I mean, yeah, it sucks to see that happen. But, uh, Norman Dumont picking up Winter Carrosa, you wouldn't really want to see Norman Dumont versus Manny Nunes, don't you, Angel? 145 never died. You know something? I thought about betting on that fight and picking Norman Dumont. I'm like, I feel like she's about to do it. <laughs> Norma Dumont, dude. I mean, you gotta give her props, dude. I never thought she'd stick around in the UFC. <laughs> when she debuted, she was debuted like four and zero, and like I remember looking up her record because she was gonna fight Megan Anderson. It was like I didn't even know anybody that she fought, and she got knocked out instantly. She's going on like four years in the UFC now, dude. Crazy. One forty five never die. <laughs> By the way, did you love fight of the night, Muhammad Usman versus Junior Tafa, Josh? So over the weekend, we had Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis. <laughs> just, just so angry. I don't even I don't even continue talking about the card anymore. Just, god damn it. It's no, I mean, triggered. I mean, Muhammad Usman, I, you know, we got a lot of new fans, man. Do you think people don't remember how uh, Kamaru came into UFC? He won tough and then proceeded to do the same exact thing for his first five fights. So, uh kind of godly right yeah i mean like they're definitely brothers dude if you couldn't tell they're related <laughs> nah, you can. we're just like bro i'm gonna sit on this guy for i mean to be fair if i were a fighter that's exactly what i do you know um <laughs> sit on a cake dude well that's that's what i do i'd go the jake shields approach of just like doing the bare minimum <laughs> you know what i mean like and i i don't understand and i don't understand why fighters take it the wrong way when people like, get mad, because, like, bro, that fight was so boring, he's a grappler, yada, yada, it's like, dude, like, I would love if my fights were boring if I was a fighter, like, you do, get in the show and win, and I get hit, like, six times, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, that Muhammad Usman fight was rough, but you know what was not rough, in fact, was one of the greatest nights, uh, in boxing in a long time, it was Saturday, because we got to see Gervonta Davis tank finally taking on Ryan Garcia, King Rye, 28-0, 23-0, these two young Lions. And, um, you know, going into this one, I think we both, I'm, I'm pretty sure we both picked Gervonta, uh, but we both kind of said, like, this is probably closer than most people expect. Um, it wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't even close. I mean, Gervonta, Ryan came out aggressive, and I got to give him props for that. I think, you know, trying to punch with the puncher is certainly a strategy. Um, that wasn't exactly what he's doing, but you know what I'm saying. Um, he was going forward and he was bringing it at him and he was being physical and he was tying him up in the clinch. And I thought for like the first two, like the first round and a half, I'm like, it's actually looking pretty good. I'm actually liking this strategy. And then instantly, man, that round two knockdown, you put him down with the big left and you just couldn't really recover. Ends up getting stopped around seven with the body shot, man. What did you think about the fight? It, it kept you on the edge, man, because you didn't know when it was going to come, right, for either guy. Because in his own right, I thought Ryan had his moments. I thought he might even have had him tagged at one point, you know? He might have had Tank tagged a little bit. I'm not saying he had him, like, her or anything, but I'm just like, oh, I think he... Because you saw Tank, uh, you know, wrap up a lot, dude. Mm-hmm. Real quick. He was like, oh, fuck, no, we're not doing this. The most I've ever seen him do it against anybody. I was like, but, I, hey, man, I got to respect it. You know, you got to do what you got to do to win. You're a smaller guy. But fuck, man, I, I saw Ryan get a little wild in there, and I was like, I, I only know how this ends. I will say, dude, 
that none of the angles did that body shot justice. Not even the one from the side. They had a, the one from the middle, the one from the opposite side. And at first I was like, fuck, what? Like that just looked like it slid off. Like you could see it connects, but it, it still does until they showed the other side. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh fuck, okay. But even then, it, I mean, it was a good body shot. It wasn't like the fucking Luke Campbell one where Ryan literally turned into it with his body in. Yeah, it wasn't not. I think I saw a lot of people saying Ryan quit, which he didn't, you know, never been hit in the body, you know. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, he didn't quit. But I could definitely understand that some people probably thought that. It did not look that devastating. It did not look like one of those body shots where sometimes the body shot just lands and you're like, oh, that's that, you know. It was delayed. It was a little delayed. It was a big delay, which partially kind of made it look, uh, I don't know if bad's the right word, but, um, you know what I'm saying. Look, it looked, it almost, people thought maybe he was looking for a way out. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, look, man, um, in terms of my thoughts on the fight, I, uh, I don't know how I feel about it, man. Because it was, I fought, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Just, you know. I got Yeah, it was fun. And I got to say, this is probably like the best. Because I understand that now Ryan and uh, – Ryan hasn't really talked about it much. It was more just um, other people have been talking about it. But it came out that he had a mole in his camp. Um, but outside of that, there hasn't really been any drama. Like we just had – they went out there, two young stars who we've wanted to see fight. They fought. Big knockout. A lot of action. And that's that. That's what it's about, man. Making your fucking money. I know, but just like, dude, can you remember the last time we just had a boxing match where there wasn't some bullshit involved? Mm, I'm sure there's one I just can't think of. I mean, Some I'm, of, I'm just I'd other weight, I'd other weight classes probably. You know what I mean? Some smaller weight classes. Yeah, but, but I mentioned like, like, like cause I'm talking. This was, this is in because from what I'm hearing about, I don't have any confirmed numbers, and I'm not, I'm not going to source any because I, you know, I don't want to put anything out there. What have you heard? I don't know if we're close. I'll type, I'll type in the chat. Oh, why, why don't you? Wait, I'm not gonna say it just because you know we don't want to. That's put that what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I'm not even saying it because I haven't even sourced that. I just saw it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. okay I okay. saw that. I saw that number on Twitter. I also saw this number, so somewhere in that range. But um, I don't even know I, if that's. I mean, we always do that was possible though. I know I'm kind of leaving everybody in, out. Of- yeah. And at first, I thought that doesn't sound right, but I'm not sure if he's, like, the social media numbers, like, I'm pretty sure the, I'm pretty sure Ryan and Gervonta posted a picture of, like, themselves posing with each other after the fight, and it did, like, two million likes or something fucking insane. Well, think about how much that, like, think about how much that was all over your timeline, Josh, with people, just regular people, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, there are people who I, like, don't even know, who <laughs> not not even know, but, like, people I, I mean, know that don't know shit about combat sports. By the way, John, I saw that shit on, fa- I don't never get on Facebook, I got on Facebook, saw it on Facebook, got on Twitter, saw it on Twitter, got on Snapchat, saw it on TikTok, saw it on, you know, it was everywhere. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, we'll find out what they did, and fuck yeah, dude, I mean, this is what this sport about, making big fights, coming out of it. Try it's not just get so rare, hurt. man, it's just so rare to have one go like this, and I'm in such a good respect. mood because of it. By the way, how'd you feel about uh, Connor talking to Ryan afterwards? I thought that shit was dude, so awesome. That shit was so awesome, dude. Because you used to think about Connor, even if he's, you know, dude, you could tell he loved the sport right then, and he was like, dude, I, I want it again. Give it to me, like it was a dude, fucking drug. Dude, <laughs> that's 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 what combat sports is to to a lot of like it's a drug, dude. The the way I felt after watching that fight, I was like. Dude, let's have a fucking. I, the fight wasn't even competitive. Like, let's be honest here. Ryan won two rounds. <laughs> 
It, like, but, but, but it's, it's, the, it's the puncher's right. chance, man. It's the probability. It's the possibility, you know? And it's, he's it's, just so electric that it can happen. But after that fight ended, I was like, fuck yeah, we got to see it again. Like, the fight was competitive. Like, I don't even know why I felt that. And now, like, here on Wednesday, I'm I like, I'm like, oh, well, no shit. Why would they fight again if I wasn't even competitive? But at the moment, I was like, Connor was. I was like, fucking shadow boxing it in my fucking living room and like like dude let's see that shit again we can have fucking we can have ryan fight fucking isaac cruz in the meantime and then javante can fight the winner of devin haney versus lomachenko and then fucking shakur he can fight uh fucking somebody in the mix you know what i mean like i was just uh, like connor was i was feeling i was i was like connor McGregor on saturday man like i i love that shit i loved seeing him in that room because if if there's a guy to listen to like, Conor McGregor right now is in that stage of his career to where, like, nobody, like, a lot of people hate him. They know that, like, he's past his prime. They think they're just tired of the charade. But, like, if there's a motherfucker you listen to about adversity, it's Conor McGregor, you know? That's why people for so long just did not count him out. I mean, the guy was a fucking working as a plumber. It was, like, four or two in MMA. And then within, like, three years, was one of the biggest athletes on the planet. You know what I mean? You listen to that guy. Fuck it's about, man what it's about for sure man and uh moving forward what do you i mean final thoughts on this one what do you think is next because obviously i don't think there's a rematch clause but i no, there might be i don't think i think it was only if ryan won probably i'm assuming yeah probably i'm assuming but uh i mean it has to be Devin haney or fucking let me check it with that's another big fight man mm. that's another one i mean i don't know if we'll do Oh, granted, we don't know what Ryan and Gervonta did yet, but I don't know if we'll do the same numbers potentially or more, but look, I mean, Tank said something afterwards, and I think it's something we should put a poll up on Twitter for and in, or on the YouTube, Josh, is, hmm. is Gervonta Davis the face of boxing? And it got me, th- I mean, personally, I, I don't know. I feel like he's, I think there's multiple faces. I don't think there's one person dominating this sport right now. Hmm. You know, it's not it's not like the UFC where for a long time it was Connor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or John or Chuck or, you know, whoever you want to say. Or, or in some ways, Ronda, right? Or whoever, right? You know, there's always going to be multiple faces, you know, you know, like Floyd or Manny or whatever. But, uh, or Tyson, Ali. You know, you could go on, right? Mm-hmm. But because there's, I feel like everybody has their own, uh, what's the word for it? Kind of fan bases. Because, you know. Canelo, Canelo will always have the Mexicans come out, man. You know what I mean? No mm. matter what, they'll always be there. On top of all the other, you know, fans, the American fans, international fans. I feel like even, you know, Tyson Fury, you know, a lot of fans mm. there. England, you know, uh, people he's inspired and, through yeah, his own and, struggles. It here's the uncomfortable one that we have to throw in there since we're talking about faces of boxing. Uh, Jake Paul and KSI, the influencers. I hate to say it, but if the num- if we're going by numbers. But, it, but it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, number it, number wise, Jake Paul might be number one right now. It's not even a joke. Bro, like like the logic stunt goes, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Exactly, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're if we're talking, I mean, I I like Gervonta a lot, and I hope he can keep his nose clean. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I for years now, I've been like, yeah, man, Gervonta, big win. Let's, I hope he can keep his nose clean. I hope he can stay out of trouble. Let's, uh, I like it, man. Let's keep it going. And then he's just arrested for TV fucking three weeks later. So I hope that that does not happen here. And he seems to be in a good headspace. And, you know, he's going to be sentenced for his hit and run um, uh, on May 5th, I believe. But this fucking um, might have just made a lot of money. So it's not even going to matter. 
it probably won't matter. I mean, I know that he's, it's, it's, he, I mean, like I said, he's, he's had, uh, some legal issues in the past and so he's, he's a multiple time offender. So I don't think he'll have too many issues, but I mean, you know, he'll probably be fine. He's got money. Uh, rich people don't go to jail, you know, unless they like fuck up like 17 times. So, um, yeah, but I mean, as far as Gervonta, is he the face of boxing? I mean, he's one of the faces. That's kind of what this fight did. Yeah. Um, this fight for this fight was weird because like most big boxing matches, it's like there's a draw here, and most of the draw most of the drawing of that particular matchup has to do with like okay these motherfuckers are so good like like this guy has a belt this guy has a belt you know or it's like Connor Floyd's like these guys are both maybe they're not top tier boxers right now but they're both top tier at something you know like Floyd was one of the biggest stars on the planet and, a, and an all time great and Connor was the best guy for MMA this was interesting because it was one of the first real boxing matches where it was like these guys are not stars yet if you look at their numbers like Gervonta his biggest pay-per-view was 250,000 which is worse than Jake it, it was it was less than Jake Paul's worst pay-per-view you know what I mean that was Gervonta's best one <laughs> just for just for example right Jer- Ryan's never even fought on a pay-per-view but yet, whenever this fight happened, they were everywhere. Because everybody's just been like, okay, boxing. We need these new stars to rise up. We need them to fight somebody. We've been talking about it for like six years. Finally kind of paid off. Well, um, dude, I think it shows the benefit of, of just fighting the guys. Fighting exactly. the names. We don't they, need, you don't need titles. No titles on the line here. Well, well, not even just that, but you know how these guys won't fight each other for a long time, for years. You know, there was that era where... You know what I'm talking about, the, the, the three kings, whatever. You know what I'm talking about, Josh, right? All those guys, right? Sugar Lee Renard, uh, yeah. you know, that era of boxing. All those guys were fighting each other in the 90s and 80s. Duran Hagler, yeah. Yeah, it didn't fucking matter who you, you know, who you were or whatever, where you were ranked, what fucking belt you had. We were fucking fighting because the best was fighting the best. And that's how it fucking should be. And it showed here the potential it could have in, in making money and in your career in the long run and also being great. Mm-hmm. Just take the risk, and it'll pay off. And if it, and if you don't end up with the W, hey man, you end up with a fat paycheck. So be it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, dude. And I just really hope that this keep this means that like we're gonna get more. We're we're gonna get more like big time boxing matches. You know? But you know you know who you know who kicked yeah. off the shit though, Josh. Who? Teofimo fucking Lopez, bro. Teofimo fighting Lomachenko, being so young. I guess that's true, yeah. With the record he had. He took that, you know, he was calling that fight. People were like, no, he's too young. He needs time. Let him develop. Lomachenko's going to, you know, fuck him up. You know, this, this, and yeah. that. And then he did it. He did it in stellar fashion. One of my favorite boxing matches in recent years. One of my favorite moments in boxing in recent One of my favorite sports moments in recent time. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, you, you mentioned that. And I understand that some people don't like T.O. right now because, you know, he lost, and you know, you know how much boxing fans hate that, um, right? <laughs> um, but uh, you know his story, and uh, you, you kind of mentioned that. I mean, we're praising Ryan and Gervonta for finally stepping up. Like Ryan is, I mean, they're both young. Ryan's twenty four, Gervonta is twenty eight. Tia Fimo Lopez, I don't even think is Tia. Tio's twenty five now. He was twenty two. Whenever he fought, whenever he won the titles, like on, on free TV. Oh uh, yeah, and the COVID pandemic, right? You know, there was no fans. That's what I'm telling you, bro. That moment is crazy. Yeah, 
I agree, man. But we should probably go ahead and move on, man. I love I love talking boxing. We do. I got a couple of things to go ahead and hit on the MMA recap side before we go and break into more news and previews, man. Because we got uh, belts of 294 and 295 going down over the weekend. You know, admittedly, I don't really have a whole lot to say about these cards for the most part. Bells are 294. We knew it was the more low-key card. No real shockers there. Everybody was supposed to win that was, you know, we thought was going to win, they won. Danny Sabatello picked up a sub. Sarah McMahon got a win. Tim Johnson got a win. Liz Carmouche defeated Deanna Bennett. Not surprising there. But here's the belt of 295. Um... I kind of just want to talk about this one. If, I mean, we, we can touch on some other stuff in 294, but I think 295 is a big story because Patchy Mix is uh, Patchy Mix is the fucking truth. Let's put it like that. Patchy Mix is that guy, pal. Okay, he uh, he went out there and he knocked out Rufian Stotts, who poor Rufian Stotts. This, whenever Rufian Stotts get knocked that gets knocked out, nobody does it better, dude. I mean, he got knocked out by Rob Marad Walshvili back in 2017, spinning back fist. And here, Patchy Mix lands one of just a perfect knee, puts him out cold, wins the Bellator World Grand Prix, wins the interim bantamweight title, and he will now be facing the winner of Patricio Pitbull versus Sergio Pettis later this year. Holy shit, dude. What would you think about the main event? Banger. Banger statement. What a way to end the tournament, and what a way to put your name in history, right? Um. We, we, I kind of, I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't think it happened like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be as crazy as it was. I, I thought he was going to maybe catch him with a submission late, work him late, you know. If he has some success on the feet, moments, maybe I thought Stassi would be very resilient because he's super tough, mentally strong, you know, everything there. But a fucking knee like that, man, did not even cross my fucking mind. That shit was on ESPN so fucking quick, dude, on the highlights on ESPN MMA. Fucking all views, bunch of likes, got a bunch mm-hmm. of attention. I mean, shit, I think that got more attention than any uh, UFC post on ESPN and MMA that uh, that uh, that night, that weekend. Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not too often you see a knockout like that. I mean, that was so clean ridiculously clean, dude. I mean, that was insane. But as far as Patchy Mix goes, um, you kind of just got to give him credit, dude. I remember he, uh, for when he first came to Bellator, and I, well, not when he first came, whenever I first was aware of him in Bellator, you know, he was kind of, and he still is, kind of a grappler. You know, he, he gets back control, he stays on you, but over the last, like, Couple of fights, man. This this is this is why people need to pay attention to guys like outside the UFC, like Patchy Mix, dude. I remember thinking in September 2020, he lost to Juan Archuleta, and I got to be honest, I like I like Juan Archuleta, but I never rated him extremely highly. I thought whenever he won the title, I was like, eh, okay, well he's not gonna hold it for long, and then he didn't. And then he, you know, Patchy Mix, he beat Alvin Morales, and then he missed weight against James Gallagher really badly, and then he beat him, but then it was like controversial because I'm pretty sure he like. Taunted or he did something after the fight, you know what I mean? I was like, man, Patchy Mix, you know, he's got to get his shit together, man. And then ever since that Grand Prix got announced, dude, he went out there and dominated Koichi Horiguchi. He went out there and just put Magomed Magomed on to sleep. And then he goes and puts Hufian Stas to sleep, dude. I mean, that's about it. I think, Angel, I think, like, years from now, I think we're going to be talking about this tournament run. You know what I mean? <clears throat> There's some of them that just like stand the test of time, like Shoguns and like the 2004 Pride Grand Prix, I believe. 
I think Pat Jimmick's this, this, this run's going to stand the test of time. I mean, what the, the, the three names and how he did it, I mean, God I was, damn, dude. And I, I got to admit it, dude. I wasn't so for a while. I picked James Gallagher against him. Mm-hmm. But the fight the fight that told me was that Mogamed fight. Yeah. Koji yeah. one had me going, but I'm like, Koji isn't a 135er by nature. He's a 125er. Mm-hmm. You know? It took me that long to be like, okay, this is him. But I knew it, though. From that moment, I'm like, okay. Sometimes it just takes moments like that, and you know. And you need to give Bellator some credit, man, because they've been able to build very special moments with guys that built up in their promotion. Guys mm-hmm. like, you know, for one, Pitbull, right? His legacy is insane. Uh, another one, AJ McKee, bro. That hype of that year, going into that tournament final, I don't, I don't know if I've been that hype in a while for anything like that, dude. I can't remember, you know, there's been other moments, but dude, I, I was excited for AJ. I mean, I thought, I thought this was a fucking MSG primetime fight. You know, I thought this was the fucking UFC heavyweight title. You know what I mean? Like, it had to be going. And fucking AJ had this crazy moment. And another one, dude, is, uh, Yaroslav Asimov, you know, returning. You know, that, that special moment as well. Gay guard getting, uh, his, uh, his title defense against, uh, Austin Vanderford, that was another big moment. Like, yeah, China, yeah. you know, they've been able to, to develop these, these moments with these guys, with, with this, uh, like 200, cause they only have like 200 fighters on the roster, right? You know? Yeah, they don't have a huge roster. Yeah, they don't have a huge roster. I mean, obviously 200 people is a lot. Don't get it wrong. But when it comes to a roster compared to like, you know, like the UFC, I mean, that's small in comparison. They've been able to do this shit and it just goes to show guys like, and I always say this, I'm always like, uh, don't down talk the fighters. Watch other promotions. There's great fights. There's great fighters everywhere. Like, you should be watching Bellator. You should be watching one, LFA, KSW, you know, Ryzen. Cause there's, there's people special all over the world and you never know when they'll come to a major promotion and fight one of the best. Mm-hmm. I think you put that really well there. And I, and I, I want to go ahead and move on because we were, you know, we still got like half the show to go. But, um, and we spent like, we're like going a little bit more behind time, but I, I'm having fun, man. Yeah. I, I think that this, uh, I think the way that Bellator has been able to, I, people don't, I don't know what people think, but Bellator is very well aware that they don't have money. <laughs> Bellator is very well aware that nobody watches them. You know what I mean? And by nobody, I mean like, Small subset of people. Obviously, it's people to watch. We're talking about them right now. But um, the fact that they know that, but they kind of use it to their advantage. They know that, like, okay, we're the smaller promotion, and uh, not as many people are going to watch. So why not take fucking – why not go to Ireland where people want to watch Bellator and they want to watch Peter Queeley and they can have these big moments or they want to – you know what I mean? Like, they, they build these moments up so well. I'll give them credit for that. Like, there are times where I feel like Bellator, they don't do enough promotion. I still don't think they do that. But I think whenever it comes to the actual events and putting them on and whenever they need to make something big, they make it feel big. Like, dude, Fedor in Russia? Like, a year and a half ago? Insane. I mean, you chills watching him come out in front of all those people. You know what I mean? Um, and so Bellator is great in that aspect. But, uh, look, man, final, outside of the main event, what's some other fights you want to talk about, man? Obviously, Alina Lay McFarlane picking up a win over Conor Watson and B. Pretty surprised about that one. Split. 
Probably going to get a title shot next. Uh, what do you think about that and any of the fights on the undercard? Hey, man, she, she might have, might have not wanted the rest of the scorecard, but I picked her to win, and I got that pick right, so I'm happy. <laughs> so. I, I ain't going to fucking <laughs> complain. Uh, you know, by the way, they brought back Charles Leary, the fucking yeah. guy who, who arguably beat a sore Bach. You remember that? No, not even arguably. That was a terrible decision. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm saying for sake of conversation. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm glad they brought him back, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'm actually not that surprised about it because I will say Bellator does a really good job of taking care of certain fighters, especially guys that like, they kind of know that uh, a lot of their roster is kind of cannon fodder. If you guys aren't familiar with that term, it's mean they're. I'd say like I'd wager thirty percent of Belter's roster is just there to be beaten. That sounds mean, but that's kind of the case for PFL too, um, and even a smaller subset of the UFC. You know what I mean? Because they need guys to be built up. And Charlie Leary was a guy who was brought in here to be beat up, um, and he was originally he was brought in here to be beat up also by Soren Bach. It just didn't happen. So, I mean, at least the kid got another check. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But, uh, yeah, man, I thought, I thought it was a fun weekend. Uh, I think Bellator's kind of yearly trip to Hawaii has turned into one of my favorite things for them. Because um, whenever they do it, it just means you're not getting one card. You're getting two cards, maybe even three cards in one weekend. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, know, you know what I didn't realize, Josh? The first card was for the veterans. It was free for the vets. Yeah. I yeah, and that, well, that's why Liz was there, former veteran, you know? Yeah, I mean that. Which, by the way, the UC, I, I that's crazy to me. You, you remember that whenever they cut her for uh, while she was doing like uh, work for the veterans for them. <laughs> they fucking, that's why Liz is in Bellator now. You know? <laughs> that's the UC for you, man. But anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fun card. Uh, overall, I thought Belgium 394 was not as good. Obviously, I mentioned that earlier, but, you know, Yancey Madera's picking up a big win. Aaron Pico got a big win. Uh, Kai Kamaka with it. Mads Burnell. Sumiko Inabata turning into one of the more interesting prospects in the Bell Tours, I believe, women's flyweight division. She was un- not undefeated as a amateur, but I believe went like 8-1, and 6-0 now. Fun, just keep an eye on her. That's all I'm saying. Just keep an eye on her, you know. Um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, man, I mean, we do got more combat to go over because obviously Belter had two cards, but then there were also two influencer boxing cards, Misfits 7, as well as Kingpin high stakes, the quarterfinals of the tournament. We'll go and hit Misfits first, uh, and we're not going to talk about any of the extracurriculars that would happen to Misfits, by the way, because we're, we got to talk about that in a bit, but, uh, yeah, man, what do you think about, um, Misfits, uh, 07 in terms of the fights on the card? Uh, Le'Veon Bell defeat JMX, Chris Avila defeating Paul Alma. This, this is a fun card. It was all right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. It was nothing, like I told you, Josh, in the pre-show, by far. And it wasn't even close. I think Kingpin put on a way better show. And it might be, and I say this a lot, right, because they're always getting somewhat better. I think this one's officially the best influencer card. Like, Kingpin. overall? Yes. Top to bottom. Yes. I can see that, yeah. I mean, I think... Of- as far as it played out and how it went, I mean, it had obviously the McBroom Moss and, or, uh, McBroom by injury and the fight suck, but, you know, I'm not, you know, we'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, dude, I thought this card was, it was all right, you know, I mean, they had some people that, like, it's good to see Wally Sharp's back, got a, got a big knockout win, you know, um, 
Le'Veon Bell, he's an interesting guy in this kind of influencer scene. I mean, he lost to Ryan Hall, comes back, picks up a win here. Love to see it. Chris Avila got a win. He's another guy. He's kind of staying around, staying interesting, staying busy in the influencer scene. But, yeah, man, I'm on the same page. I think that Kingpin was much, much better because we'll go ahead and talk about it right now. Um, you mentioned the main event, Anderson Gibb and Austin McBroom with the rematch. Austin McBroom looking looking quick. He was looking good early, man, and then uh, broke his ankle. So, uh, yeah, that sucked to see. But, did, I mean, we, did we get that officially yeah. confirmed? Because that's what the corner said at the time. Or that is what uh, post-fight they came out and said as well. So I'm assuming that's the official diagnosis. Ankle injury. Yeah, broken ankle. Yeah, I mean, he got thrown in the clinch, so I'd buy it, you know. Um, it looked weird at the moment. I had no idea what happened. Yeah, no, that sucks, man. Obviously, shitty ending. Wanted to try to get that one back. What can you do, man? Another unfortunate thing in combat. But him as a former college athlete, played basketball, I'm sure he might have had some lingering injuries for the past potentially, or just stuff that's been there for a while and it finally just caught up to him. I mean, it is just how the fuck it goes, man. When you're an athlete, this is shit you got to deal with. Or even a former athlete, you know? Yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, I will agree with you, though. I mean, this card was insane. Um, specifically the Brazilians. I had... Dude, the Brazilian crowd went fuck. I mean, they weren't even in Brazil. They were fucking England. They were in England. They just got a bunch of Brazilians just showed up. <laughs> By the way, this yeah. Winderson Nunes guy, who I don't know, but they compared him to the Kevin Hart of Brazil. This guy has five eight. By the way, Josh, you want to guess how many followers this guy has on Instagram? It's, it's a crazy amount. Just just to give you for what. Just, just I mean, throw throw a number out there. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna go like six million. This guy has 58 million followers on Instagram. Fuck me. This guy. I don't know, look, we're not Brazilian, but just to show, like, how little, how we could be in our own bubble, and we don't know how big some other stuff is outside the U.S., you know, in the world. Mm. This this guy is, like, a comedian, I guess, like, their version of Kevin Hart or whatever. This guy got some fucking skills, dude. Dude, what the fuck? He looked like by far the best guy I've seen in a while, you know? Yeah, I was like, fuck, he looked like, I was like this, I was. I looked over at the other guy, and I'm like, this guy's so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He looked clean, dude. I, I don't know. He had boxed some Brazilian boxing legend too, by the way. I, I don't know uh, too much about it, but he boxed uh, what's his name? I have Asenio Asenio Freitas. This guy was like forty-one and two, professional Brazilian boxer. They called him a legend. I don't know. I don't know exhibition or whatever, but it, I saw it was there. So I was mm. like, I don't know that whole look. Maybe some Brazilian fans out there could like explain this to us. I I, I wish I knew more about this, but this it's it, regardless. I, I think it was fucking cool though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sick, dude. For, for, I mean, as far as his fighting goes, I mean, I thought he looked probably the the best guy overall on the card. But uh, yeah, dude. I mean, the production value, the crowd was crazy. I mean, I didn't even know. I mean, just to give you like, if this was this card was popping off, dude. I saw tons of people talk about this thing. I saw way more people talk about this than I saw talk about misfits or. Any of them, honestly. I mean, I, to give you, like, like an idea, my girlfriend doesn't give a fuck about fighting. <laughs> I, could t- I could turn on Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald, too, and it would be like I turned on fucking a Senate hearing or something really boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, like, But she fucking, 
she was texting you like, oh my, she was, she fucking texted me, oh my god, fucking Barbie won, my girl, Bar- she knocked her, she fuck, fucked up this other girl, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> it's just, just, by the way, that finish was fucking devastating, to be respectful, for a woman fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't, let alone, like, a YouTuber card of that, Josh. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that was insane. There were, I mean, look, dude, that's what I said. I mean, for, I thought for the most part, obviously the men's fights were much better than the women's fights, I thought. Um, but I thought, you know, what's her name? Julie Boca, maybe? Is that her name? Poca, it, something like that? Yeah. Some, something with an Oka, okay? Uh, I don't, I don't know these people, dude. I'm the fighting guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know like half of the, half of the influencer boxers. I'm still working on it, you know? But, uh, even then, you know, like, I thought she came out, she was fired up, dude. Like, it was, it was cool to see how much it meant to these, to these, these guys and gals, you know? Um, I'm excited for the next one. I'm excited for the next one. Um, Elbrook and, and, uh, her sister might fight in the finals, which is, I mean, we'll see it. I mean, I guess it was only a matter of time before siblings fought in this influencer boxing thing, but, uh. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe they make the Pauls go at it for once. Dude, I think, I would love to see the Pauls fight each other. But, by the way, how do you feel about Jarvis, Jarvis's performance against Thompson? By the way, Thompson and Eddie, <laughs> I thought he was gonna go the whole way, bro. I was like, cause he was, he was fucking gassed, but he was still going. Like, I gotta give him credit. Like, dude, Tom's and Eddie's so weird, dude. I have no, I have no idea. We're talking about guys that I have no idea good they are. I have no idea how good he is. Look, he like he, he gassed, but he still kept going. He did the. I felt like he didn't do it. Like the last fight, he went all the way. He said, "Fuck it." I was surprised he decided to be like, "He's gonna throw that shit in." I'm done. Yeah, I know, but I just feel more like he's compe- He's staying in there and he's staying competitive. It's just like. He just gasses. Like, he's like gas in the ring walk, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Man. So, but he stays in there. He's got, he, there's some guys that just like, they got that dog in him. He's got that fucking dog. Yeah, I mean, I think Jarvis just, you know, he's still kind of in, in his developing as a, into his adult male body. So there's a little mm-hmm. bit of that too. But he, I mean, Jarvis, look, Jarvis looks clean though still. Like his hands look clean. He, he looks good. I think it's just like, he's not, you know, and obviously if he gets better, he can make up for, the physical with time, you know, because we, you know, we've seen these young guys coming up in the box and beat grown as men, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Keith Kenny looked the best he ever has, right? I think that was a good thing too. Uh, coming out of that, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is what I needed out of King Kenny because it's been kind of like, eh, you know, split decision here, split decision, you know what I mean? I mean, okay, dude, let's be honest. King Kenny was like two and two coming into this, and like the two wins that he had were very controversial. <laughs> let's just I mean, that's what I'm saying, but he finds uh, yeah. like. He, no, I'm he saying you're being too nice about it. <laughs> look, no, but you know you got to give credit. To you look, you got to work with what you have, Josh. You know what I yeah. mean? You, I this isn't like fucking UFC. You know, I can't talk about them in the sense of like, you know, complete. Like this is their complete slate. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna. This is all these guys. You got to think about them as Amis developing fight to fight to fight and looking at the incremental improvements they make because they'll never be a complete project. You imagine potentially one day they could be right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll ever be the aim of any of them. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. You got to talk about the good where it's at because they're diamonds in the rough. It is what it is. People need to accept that. You know, you're saying I might be giving a little too much credit, but it's like, well, I need to give credit where credit's due because I don't expect him to ever be fucking world class either. You know what I mean? No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But that's I think, he's, but I think he's better than what he was in his last fight and the fight before that and the fight before that. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, 
regardless, I think this is his best performance yet. I'm curious to see what the next improvement is. He has a tough one against Winderson Nunes. I'm curious to see if he's able to recreate some of the stuff he did in his last fight. Uh, because the fucking Brazilian looks fucking tough, dude. I, if I, I honestly, out of all, I would have, I would have way wanted Jarvis Ward or give the fucking Winderson Nunes after that body shot finish, man. 100%. I, I don't want to, you know. And by the way, is it going to be in Ireland? So let's see how the Irish crowd is for that. We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I think they should say fucking go to Brazil, but, you know, for Saturday. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, we got a UFC call this weekend. we got to go and preview it before we can go ahead and hit some news, man. Um, admittedly, I don't think we're going to spend much, long, uh, much time on this one because I like the main event a lot. I'll actually say that. I think, like, as far as this main event goes, banger. These two dudes are going to kill each other, okay? Song Yudong and Ricky Simone, five rounds. This is originally supposed to be Oman Saruki and Hanada Moikano for five rounds. Instead, these two got bumped up and gave him the two extra rounds, which I'm honestly really excited for, man. Um, what do you think of this matchup? Obviously, Song Yudong coming in off those loss to Corey Sandhagen last year. And then we got Ricky Simone, who is riding a five-fight winning streak, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, shit, dude. I'm curious to see how they adjust to the five-round uh, main event, right? Obviously, short, how short notice was it, by the way, since they got bumped up? Uh, They bumped them up about a week ago. Well, fuck. I mean, there's, like, no preparation for that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, you know. It is what it is, man. You'll just have to adjust. Uh, I mean, Tong Yudon has prepared himself for five rounds before. He knows how much it takes to get to the championship round, so I think that'll definitely be a nice little experience for him. Obviously, he only he made it to the fourth. Got stopped in the fifth, right, going into the fifth. So he knows how he was feeling there. So I think definitely that'll at least play some sort of a – I think he'll have a little advantage there. At least he'll have an idea. But these guys are athletes, right? They they, they know what they're building themselves up. They're fighters. They know they got to go the whole way. And uh I don't know. I'm curious to see if some guy's like, fuck, man, I might have to get this done early because I don't know if I'm going to make it five rounds, you know? So I'm curious to see if any of them start off hot. Uh I'm happy, man. I think Ricky Simone's really kind of grown – and developed his hands a little bit more. His grappling is obviously good, and, and it's, it's only gotten better. It's kind of interesting, though, how Uriah, though, is going to be in the opposite corner, and uh, Uriah gave uh, gave Ricky something a few years back, and I remember picking Uriah for that fight. So there should be a little mental game there. I wonder if Uriah has some stuff or that he saw way back when that he maybe passed on to Sonya Dom, but it's obviously been a few years now, so yeah. obviously Ricky's gotten better since then. Maybe that plays into the favorite song, maybe not, maybe, you know, something, throw, maybe Ricky throws a little something in there from the past, it's kind of like, oh, wait, you know, we saw that in footage a few years ago, this, this, and that, and, you know, there's, you know, there's all, you know, these, it's all, there's <laughs> no, all no, these, no, it's just, no, 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 you're actually making really good points, it's just, I just started thinking, like, yeah, that he's gonna bust out, like, a really, he's gonna bust out a move they showed him, like, six years ago as a joke, you know, like, <laughs> Jesus, we, we taught Ricky Simone how to fight wrong, we thought it'd be funny, you know? <laughs> well, no, I mean, just some oh, techniques, some stuff, some openings yeah. that were there in the past that maybe they would use. Um, on the feet, though, I think it's Song Yudong all day, on the ground, I think it's Ricky Simone. Um, uh, I, I go Song Yudong, though. I, I got a feeling he's gonna bounce back. I, uh, I went back and forth on it all week, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go Song Yudong. Fair enough, man. I'm also going to go ahead and go Song Yudong. I think just, you know, it's kind of weird, right? So Ricky Simone, you kind of think of these both like young guys. Ricky Simone's 30 now. He's kind of in that time for, he, he's making a run. He's in his prime, won five in a row. 
But Song Yudong, weirdly, is the guy with, like, more top-level experience, I feel like. I mean, been in there with guys like Cheeto Vera, Marlon uh, Marais, Corey Sandhagen. And he's he's not won all those fights, but I've generally been more impressed when he steps up to the top level than I've been impressed whenever Samoan steps up to the top level. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to go and take him. Um, I think that Ricky Simone's recent win streak has been – I could be wrong here. Um, I feel like it's more been he got put down to a slightly easier level of competition and he's just beating much better guys. I think Song Yudong is a legitimate top five guy. I don't know that about Ricky Simone. I think Ricky Simone is probably, and that's not a slight against him. I think he's top ten, top fifteen. You know, I just, I just had, I think Song Yudong is a higher ceiling, and I think he's going to go ahead and show it on Saturday. But by uh, the way, yeah. do you think his best win by far is Jack Shore, and it's his last win? Yes, it's by far his best win. Yeah, because he had what Asian half Alessandro, Brian Kelleher, who's been through it. A uh, guy I mean, you could say Rob, but that one was so controversial too at the time. That was years ago, though. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, like on paper, Montel Jackson say, back in yeah. 2018. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jack Shore is probably his best win, I'd say. But and Jack Shore's not even a fight at 135 anymore. Exactly. So I just think it's more for me. It's just about. You know, having a proven guy. That's all. That's all. That's all it is for me. I just think that um, he's uh, more, he has more experience at the top level of the sport because he's got. I mean, he's twenty five. He's very very young, but for a guy that's like, I think Song Yudong is gonna be a future champion. I think he's gonna be an interesting guy. To like years from now, I bet you, Angel. I'm not. I put money on this. I bet years from now we're gonna see a lot more guys that have the same approach like Song Yudong. Like and you know what I mean? In twenty thirty three. I think in 2020, I think 2033, you're going to see more guys take the song and on approach. What do I think the song and on approach? Some people may not even be aware of it. It's not the normal climb. It's not just taking stair by stair by stair like most guys take in the UFC. Most song and 25, but song and has been fighting for a decade. He, he made his debut in May 2013. And he fought on the regional scene in China, just taking a couple. He started out nine and five, didn't matter because he was just supposed to be getting experience. Came to the UFC, fought lower level guys like no, nah, like he, whenever he stepped up the fight, Cheeto Vera back in 2020, he beat Cheeto Vera, who at the time was a ranked guy, but he was like, eh, you know, like it was a controversial decision. What he did, he didn't even fight for another year. He took a full year off. That fight, he didn't take any damage. He didn't take that much damage. He took a full year off, just train, improve. And then he even took, I don't know if Kyler Phillips would call him a backwards step, but he wasn't a step up at the very least, you know? And then he fought Casey Kenny, another guy who's kind of like maybe a step down or a side step, you know what I mean? He's being building himself up the proper way, and then here you go, you know what I mean? He lost to Corey Sandhagen, he's fighting another guy who's like... But even then he had a moment in that fight, you know? Exactly, exactly, but you know what I'm saying? Like, normally whenever guys lose... A guy, a fight like that, Corey Sandhagen probably would have gotten like you know, top and, he, and look, he was going to distance too, man. Yeah. It's not like he was. Gonna, I don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe he could have got him out of there, right? Yeah. And look, Ricky Sabo is not going to move like Corey Sandhagen either. No, no. Granted, though, who's moving like Corey Sandhagen at one thirty-five as well? Exactly. Regardless, but, though. I, yeah, I mean, my kind of point though, I think that I think we're going to see more guys. Do the song and dong approach of like when they're really young, just going pro and just fighting on the regionals. Because I think we're seeing more and more guys come to the UFC now. Do you, they're coming so young that they're just getting fucked up. And, um, 
I think whoever Song Gadong, who whoever represented him early on, and now obviously we know who represents him now, but um, they they did the right thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm only 25 now, and the guy is like a seasoned veteran in there. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, definitely definitely interesting to see what he'll do on Saturday. Uh, Co-main event, we have Michelle Oliostruck who's riding a two-fight winning streak. He's scored knockout wins over friend of the show, Sam Alvey, uh, as well as after that one, he knocked out Cody Brundage, taking on Kyle Barallo. Interesting guy, 13-1, and one, the natural. Uh, fun prospect from Brazil. I said prospect, he's about 30, but hey, he did just hit the UFC within the last year or two. What do you think about this fight, man? I think... Um, I think Kyle Barral is, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Kyle Barral is really good, and I think it's not, this fight's not going to be close. At least it should be fucking up. I mean, yeah, probably. I think, I mean, if, if he gets him down, by the way, in this last fight, we saw a little more Larry game, because we saw a lot of stand-up in his first fights and in, in, uh, when he came in, in on the Contender Series. And he came out in that karate stance on the side, a little Leota Machida-esque reminisce, you know. And then uh, we saw his last two fights, and we saw this ground game. You know, him taking the back, him controlling these guys, and later later the game, which is kind of like, okay, fuck, guys. We have a guy here who get, who can stand and also do stuff on the ground. To go for takedowns, mm-hmm. you know, and has a, a complete game. Because we hadn't seen his complete game yet. We had seen moments of it, but then we see him get down, get the takedown, get the position, you know, move to position, advance, start working towards the back, and then completely take control of the back and have these guys wrapped up. You know, hitting, you know, throwing his little bunny punches, maybe throwing a few submissions. And it's just sort of a whole other layer. And it's just like right now we have this potential guy who's a 185er guy on the climb, which is what we need. And I was talking about that just, you know, when we talked about the card earlier, or the mm-hmm. last week's card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think Kyle Barallo, he's a very interesting guy. And you kind of mentioned um, guys at one, because 185, I mean, even then, Kyle Barallo's not like a young guy. I mean, he's 30. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is some new talent. Um, I think I gotta admit, I, he's one of those guys that I'm like very high on. Like, I think, I think this fight's not going to be close and I think he's going to be ranked relatively soon. I mean, if you look up his, if you guys have not seen him and I get it, um, he fought in the contender series twice and actually knocked out Aaron Jeffrey, who I'm also high on over in Bellator. Um, and he beat Armand Petrosian. He's beat, he beat Mahmoud Muradov, who came to UFC with a lot of, you know, a lot of wins behind him. You know, he's even scored some big ones there. Um, but, yeah, man, I think that uh, – I think Kyle Brawl is going to go out there and put out a statement win. I think Michelle Mouille Chuck, I've actually really liked watching him improve. Uh, you don't think about it, but um, he's one of those guys that I just mentioned came to the USC very young. Came to the USC whenever he was, like, 23, 22. Lost a lot of fights at the start, and now he's putting it together. Um, and that's cool to see, but I do think this is a bad matchup for him. Uh, so I'm gonna go and take Kyle Barallo, but man, we got a couple of other interesting names on the the prelims. Which fights are you most looking forward to on Saturday? Look, man, I think my one round fight potentially, maybe two rounds max. Rodolfo Vieira, Cody Brundage, Cody Brundage, who has some crazy power, man. A lot of first round finishes, a lot of, and then a also a loss in the first round as well. I think were all three of his losses in the first round. I'm actually curious. <laughs> okay, all except one, the Nick Maximoff one. Okay. Regardless, though, we'll see. Um, I'm very excited for that. I'm excited to see if Rodolfo has improved at all his cardio, or he's going to say, fucking stick at 185 and now move up to 205. I don't. I mean, there's been no conversation of it, but it's just like, I don't know. He, he's coming off a loss. He had a win before that, and then the submission loss to uh, Fluffy Hernandez. But 
just to see what he can do. I want to see. I just want to see improvements. He's a guy who I'm, I, I genuinely am interested in seeing his career growth. Junior Rosa, fun guy to watch, and then kind of like the 265 kind of quiet prospect that is kind of on the come up, but I don't know how I feel about him yet. Waldo Cortez Acosta, um, taking on Marcos Rogerio de Lima. But the real heavyweight uh, come up that I'm actually saying, Martin Bidet against Jay Collier, which fuck man, mm. I hope my boy Jay Collier doesn't get hurt. Okay, so you you covered a lot there. I, I you and Angel, I think that should be like a new weekly statement. Angel's one round fight of the week, you know. Hold off over Cody Brown did not going. By, by the so. way, I, I was going to ask you this, and I was going to mention, I was going to mention it's true. I want to each week, I want to, I want to highlight one fighter of the card afterwards, and one highlight of and highlight a fighter going into the card. Uh. Just kind of our guy, like, keep an eye on him. That's him. Or gal. I like that. Um, uh, you know, cause you know, after the card, you could come out with a performance like, oh shit, we did, like, like I said, like, Fluffy Hernandez definitely would have been that guy for that card when he fucking exactly. hotel for beer. Exactly, dude. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, in that case, Kyle Barral is my guy, but, uh, cause I've already talked about him so much, but. My guy's uh, Martin Boudet, by the way, against Jake. Yeah, Collier. Martin Boudet, I mean, what is he? He's like 12 and 1. Um, I don't have his like, record in front of me, but. 11. He's already beaten our boy Chris Barnett. Heartbreak. Which was heartbreaking if you watched that fight. But yeah, he's an interesting guy. Uh, solid record. I'm taking on Jake Collier, who is, I mean, he's still only 34 years old. You know, he's had two losses in a row. But he really beat, if we're being honest, he did beat Andre Arlovsky, and that Chris Barnett fight was insane, so I don't blame him for losing that one. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that fight's an all-time memory, dude. I, like, and you didn't even see that one. You were, you were out I, getting I, 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 I saw some of it. <laughs> it didn't look like a fucking banger, dude. Yeah, I mean, well, I was like, oh, no, it's over. It's over. And Nate's like, it's not over. He's going to land a right hand right here. Two seconds later, boom. And he's like... Yeah, he's, he's like, oh my god, you call it? He's like, he's gonna land a spinning back kick right now, and then he actually did. So it was fucking just crazy. But yeah, I mean, Martin Boudet is a prospect, is a is an interesting guy. Well, I'm sure that Jake Collier is gonna test him. I will say that much. Since coming back, since moving up to heavyweight, I mean, um, Jake Collier, at the very least, he's, he's tested his opponents. Um, a couple of the fights to wash out the card, man. My my guy, Brian Kelleher, the greatest rapper in uh, in MMA, uh, coming back. Taking on Journey Newsom should be a banger down at 135. Neither one of those guys is going to win a title, but it should still be fun. And then as far as the main card, we got we got our boy Juicy J Julian Arosa, always action. Let's He's go. coming back. And then last guy I want to go and highlight, not my official guy guy because I already said Kyle Barallo, but Josh Quinlan is an interesting guy. Um. 6-0 came off the contender series, but unlike other contender series guys, he's not very been act he's not really been active. Uh he won in uh twenty twenty one. I believe he actually tested positive for steroids, so then he got suspended. But then he came back, he knocked out Jason Witt easy. Great left hook, and I believe all of his wins are by way of finish. So and if you look up his uh his AMI record, Angel, all but one have come by the way of finish. He's a combined I believe 12 and 0 with 11 wins coming by way of finish. So Josh Quinlan is a guy to watch, but he's not my official guy, you know. So, uh, anyways, man, yeah, I mean, this should be a fun card. This should be a fun card. We do have uh, a couple of news pieces to hit. We're going to close out, man. Because right after we finished last week, or not right after, but the day after, it got announced. 
Um, Angel, we're going to be talking in August. Jake Paul versus Nathaniel Diaz. Surprisingly, we did not, uh, did not, I mean, let me, let me, let me go ahead and rephrase. This fight came out of nowhere for me personally. I did not expect them to go ahead and make it considering that Jake had lost. What do you think about the initial matchup? Because we're going to have to talk about the stuff involving Nate in a second, but as far as the fight goes, is this what you wanted to see next for Jake or and Nate, or what do you think, then? I just didn't think they were going to be able to make it, man. But as they are, I'm fucking down. Really? Uh, early, yeah. early thoughts? I mean, Jake is bigger. Nate is older now. Been hit a fair bit. It is boxing, so... And then, I mean, Nate, you know, I mean, Josh Andre Ward, and AD, the Diaz brothers, you already, you know, that whole story. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there's some major, I'm just curious to see how Nate does in boxing. Was how much talk has been about Nate's boxing and Andre, him formerly training with Andre Ward and his brother. Like, let's actually see how it is put to the test against a guy on the lower end, you know? Because obviously Jake's not like high level like that. Mm. So, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how he performs. I mean, I think that's my interest is not necessarily so much how Jake performs against Nate. It's how Nate performs against Jake. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, man, I think that this fight, I got to admit, I'm not really into it. I'm like, I'm I'm here for the buildup, but as far as the competitiveness of the fight, I think it's going to be very competitive. I think, uh, Jake Paul is going to probably beat him really easily. Um, irritatingly easily is what I'll say. Like, it's going to make me mad how easy it was. Like, Anderson lost to Jake Paul, but that didn't make me mad because I was like, Anderson's 50 years old. I mean, like, and, and he took some rounds off of me, almost beat him. You know, it is what it is. Nate Diaz is, like, 38, has never boxed before, fights at 155 to 170. They're doing this one thing at 185. Dude, I can only fucking imagine how Nate Diaz is going to look at 185, dude. Um... And obviously, you know, we know the story it's about him training with Andre Ward. I mean, that dude, that's turned into like an urban legend so much. Like, it's just, it's just it's like, did it actually even happen, dude? Yeah, it's good, dude. I can't wait for like, I'm going to be hearing the book. Nate Diaz knocked out Andre Ward in camp. <laughs> he, he put him down with a body shot. It was crazy. Um, it be like Paulie Malinaji and Connor, dude. Some shit like Nate Diaz knocked out Zab Judah in training. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be, dude, with the way you hear stories about Nate boxing Andre Ward. And it actually did happen, let's be clear here. But, like, he boxed – he was boxing with Andre Ward on a consistent basis. I don't know – Andre has been retired for almost 10 years now, and I think he wasn't even boxing consistently with him for, like, years before he retired. It was, like, 2013 when they were, like, boxing consistently together. Although he has – if you want to get a good idea of how Nate looks, okay, in boxing – there's like a straight up like an entire round of him sparring with Regis Progre, which I didn't even know existed up until like a week ago. I advise you guys to watch that video because um, obviously it's different, right? Um, different styles of fights, which is interesting. If you want to get a good idea of how Nate Diaz is going to box against Jake, and obviously different styles, smaller guy, there's an entire round of him against Regis Progre. Um, under, understandably, he loses very badly and, and looks pretty slow, but, I mean, he's going to be boxing Jake Paul and not Regis Progre, so. But, yeah, man, I mean, that fight got announced August 5th, Dallas, Texas, the zone pay-per-view. Um, Jake has just been jumping around for promoter to promoter to promoter. 
which is wild. Um, but in terms of this fight, August 5th, or will it be August 5th, Angel? Because we didn't talk about it in the rundown. I specifically waited until now so we can just go ahead and get it all out there. Chase DeBoer was earlier on the card, and he fought Stevie Knight, and he went out there and he did, like, the upside-down version of fucking Adesanya versus Pahea 2, and he just... He knocked out Stevie Knight and proceeded to attack him on the ground, did the whole bow and arrow thing. So that happens. And then, like, three hours later, for some reason, Chase Damore is still there. I don't understand why he was still there. Uh, but he was still at the event, and he ended up getting into a He was watching, ball. dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but, like, when they – I mean, he got – he caused, like, a brawl and fucking – I don't know. I was just surprised to let him stay there. And then we learned very quickly that that was a mistake because <laughs> – Nate Diaz, you can see the video. I believe our friend of the show, Overflow, went ahead and uploaded it. Um, he uploaded a lot of videos from the night. If you want to go and piece it together, um, uh, basically Nate Diaz throwing a bottle at Chase Demore. I don't know what led up to this, um, and I'm being very careful with words because I was legal stuff now. But I, I don't know what led up to this. <laughs> uh, but they ended up brawling. They went up. End up fighting outside where you can see videos of like Chase Demore like fighting four guys at one time, you know. Um, and then Nate Diaz, probably because he has a fight scheduled, was on the opposite side of the street, right? And you see a man who vaguely looks like Logan Paul, who we later learned that's his entire shit. Like, good lord, what a fucking job to have in 2023 is your job is looking like an influencer, but whatever. Um, he went up to Nate, and then next thing you know, he's out cold, gash to the back of his head, and Nate Diaz has a warrant for his arrest. Angel, what do you think about all that's going on right now? What a fucking um, shit show, dude. What a fucking shit show. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, give me your initial thoughts to the situation. Because I, I obviously, it's happened over the weekend. I, we have not really talked about it much I'll, I'll, in the green room, but I mean, give me your thoughts, man. It's all dumb, dude. It's all fucking dumb. Is it all, is, is it is, to put it simply. Uh, for Nate, fucking idiot, you know, to put it simply, like, how, how fucking dumb can you be, bro? Especially you as a fighter. And then when they kind of charge you, they can be pressed against you. Cause you're not gonna get pressed like a regular person. Cause, you know, they'll be like, well, you're, you're a professional fighter, man. You're a fucking lethal weapon. Funny, you know. Whatever, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, some people are still like stuck in like the, the 80s with like, you know. Yeah. He could kill him with one shot, you know. Well, I guess he can, but you know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't have to be like, he, some people are still stuck in the idea like he can do like some, some what is it, the thing from like a, you punch somebody in the heart and they fucking die, you know what I mean? Like, yes, God. Some people it, still think martial arts is like it that. It's more, man. I mean, good God, dude. If you want that attention that bad, I mean, you should just <laughs> throw your celebration in the ring and not put the guy on the ground and you. You would have called Clown on enough for that, enough, and that would have been perfect for you. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck is Chase Damore doing, dude? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, I, here's the way I look at it, right? Like, I see some people who are like, fuck yeah, Nate, stopped in 209, bro. Like, yeah, he choked him out. It's like, I mean, as far as, like, that part of it, it's like, for this is kind of what I said to you in the brief, that we didn't talk about it much on the green room, but what I did say is, like, okay, for Nate, why would you fight a random civilian, like, months out from, like, the biggest payday of your career. Why would you even do that? 
and especially your fucking Nate Diaz, dude. Like, he's gonna be it, motherfucker. You. you do. He was fighting it. on Bur- Dude, I walked down that street in Bourbon Street, man. He was out there, fucking tons of people outside. There's cameras everywhere, just choking out a dude. And let's be clear, that guy was not trying to fight. If you say he's trying to fight, like, he, he clearly was not trying to fight. But also, that guy's fucking stupid for going up when your whole shtick is looking like Logan Paul. You're going out to Nate Diaz, who is clearly amped up. And you're trying to be, bro, 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 just calm down. Like, dude, like, you're not the guy for that role, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, that, it's just, it's, it's a combination of Nate doing a dumb thing, and it's also, like, play stupid games, you get stupid prizes, you know what I mean? But, um, the Chase Damore part of it is, I gotta be honest with you, I think Chase Damore is, like, I hate it. I hate it. And Angel, I don't know how to, other way to phrase it. I fucking love seeing anything with Chase Damore in it. I, I, it's God, always God. the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's always just so stupid, but yet I'm, like, captivated. Did you ever watch, this, did you ever watch him on that one show on Netflix? No. That's, I know nothing about Chase Damore, dude. I know that's nothing where he, how, That's where he blew up from. I think it was called was it Love Island or some shit like that. Maybe. Maybe. There's that, there's that whole meme where he's having this conversation with this girl, like, you know, during one of these little segments or on the show. And they're on like the side of the beach, and this bug like just lands like straight up on his fucking forehead. Dude, the only thing I know about Chase Damore is that he was a football player who went to boxing, and he he fought Josh Bruckner, right? And but it, but it wasn't boxing though. Before boxing, it was uh, he you know he had the whole football career, and then he had the whole Love Island or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it was too hot to handle. That's what it was called. Too hot to handle. Great. And, um, and then he went to the whole influencer thing, and then influencer thing turned turn into influencer boxing. Yeah, it's just like Angel. I got it. I mean, I understand. It's just I can't stop watching Chase Moore videos. It's just like every time I see him, he's doing the dumbest thing I've ever seen in combat sports, and it's just like he keeps on managing to top himself, and it's almost impressive at this point. I mean, defer to go from like football to reality to fighting, and just like on that last one, you're gonna stop there and be like, all right, I've just gotten to fighting. All right, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight every single member of Nate Diaz's team. Like what what kind of 7 IQ, what kind of room temperature IQ type of shit is that, dude? Like <laughs> This is what I said to you off air, but like if dude, this, this is all cloud, bro. This is this is the influencer fucking world we live in, dude. This it's is all it cra- is. It's crazy that that's a job, you know what I mean? Cuz like if if Chase Demore were born in any other time in history, Like, that's not, like, would he exist past, like, 15, you know what I mean? Like, what value does he have? I, I don't know, man. He's a big man who, like, it's just, he's a big man who does stupid things, you know what I mean? It's, but he's, it's, it's just really funny to me. So, uh, dude, he was eating knuckle sandwiches for lunch whenever he was fucking, do you see the videos of him fighting multiple people? Obviously, because uh, obviously, I'm sure you've seen some videos of, like, but, like, dude, he was getting clocked for like four guys at once and was just standing there like, hey, is anybody going to help? Like, he, he was like, dog though. He, he didn't go down. No, no, he, he did not go down. He got, he's got that dog in him, but I think that probably has more to do with the fact that th- there's nothing really up there. You know what I mean? Like, you know how like whenever your brain, the, people don't know this, but the reason why the brain will like, the reason why people get knocked out and, and fighting is because your brain knows that you're getting punched in the face, and it's like, all right, I don't need, I need to shut down so this guy doesn't, so so I'll be okay. Which is kind of ironic because, like, you know, if you shut down, you probably get beat worse anyway. But that's how the human mind works. 
Luckily for Chase Damore, there's nothing up there. So he was able to just stand there fighting four guys at one time like it was no problem. <laughs> just getting punched in the face repeatedly. Um, anyways, man. Last bit of news. Well, actually, we got two more pieces, but they won't take long. Uh, Saudi Arabia, who has been getting into boxing and sports because they have money and they don't really know what to do with it. Uh, so they decided that they're going to go ahead and just try and grab every heavyweight that's relevant right now. Um, because apparently they are in talks with to do Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk and Anthony Josh versus Deontay Wilder. And to top it off, Angel, it'd be December and it'd be on the same night. What are your thoughts on this? And obviously the winners of the matchups to fight each other after that. But that's obviously that just has not been it's not official, but that's what they're aiming for. Josh, you already know, I'm always DTF, man. <laughs> Down to fight. Of course I want this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, but in terms of your reaction, I mean, jokes aside, what do you make of these two matchups? I know that we've been talking about it for so long. I'm a little bit, I, it's a little bit weird to get him because, like, Saudi Arabia, like, the country that just, like, they fucking, like, stone people to death still. It's a little bit weird that we're, the, that they're, that they're making this really good thing happen, but it's like, you know, hey, props to their sports department whenever it's needed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, fuck it, dude. I mean, I'm down to watch these fights. That's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, I can't control what Saudi Arabia does. So, um, exactly. Sadly. Yeah. Sadly. They're going to keep on doing what they're going to do. But as far as making fights happen, if they can make this happen, dude, that would be insane. I mean, to go and have the, you know, the biggest people right now, like the biggest heavyweights in the scene and, to get those fights done. Now, to be fair, I don't think this is going to happen. I'll go and say that straight up. I think Saudi Arabia has a lot of money to offer, but I don't – I'm at that point now. Like, can, can anybody offer Tyson Fury enough money to get in the ring with Alexander Usyk at this point? Like, what the fuck are we doing here, dude? Like, I mean, we'll see. I mean, has there been an official offer sent or not? He did uh, – they did 70-30. They did a 70-30 split. Those are about the Saudi Arabia offer. Oh, no, no. You're talking about – oh, yeah, so – from what I've heard, um, I believe Amir Abdullah, who's like a former boxer and he's like the representative, he said that um, they've talked to all four. They have good relationships with all four. There's no tournaments in the works, but there are discussions that are ongoing. So that's, that's, well, that's what, good. Uh, At least yeah. they started a conversation. Yeah. But anyways, man, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. I hope it does. Final thoughts, man. BKFC is going down. Well, let me rephrase. BKFC 41 going down this Saturday on pay-per-view, man. Luke Rockhold versus Mike Perry. We got Eddie Alvarez versus Chad Mendez. Two bangers. I mean, if you're if you're trying to get into BKFC, there's going to be no better card than the one this weekend. So what are your thoughts on it, man? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, the fucking main and co-main are fucking some of the best names in this sport. Hmm. Uh. And I mean, also on the other card, man, I see Beth Rothwell here, Josh Coughlin, and there's some other little names flying around. And obviously, the BKFC and, and uh, fights as a whole or matches end up being great, anyways. So, Teresa Nashwell, some Beck Rawlings right here, who's actually been able to build like a pretty good career since moving to like Bare Knuckle. Uh, I'm just coming out two losses, but still entertaining as all could be. And like you said, Josh, any Alvarez Chapman is it's one of the best matchups you never thought about that you're gonna get. Exactly. That's literally what it comes down to. I mean, that's that's essential why I'm tuning in. I mean, no offense to fucking Mike Perry and Luke Rockwell, because I'm going to watch that fight, but, like, Eddie Alvarez versus Chad Mendez, 
that's going to be that's going to be like one two rounds max, and they're going to try and kill each other. So that's going to be electric. Um, but yeah, man, I'm pretty excited for this card, man. I don't have too many deep thoughts about it. I'm not going to pick any winners or anything like that, but uh, I'm excited for it, man. I hope I hope everybody gets paid well. I hope all four of these guys make out well with their health and their money because that's what it's about, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, any closing thoughts in terms of the show or anything else we need to talk about, man? No, man, I'm just excited to come back next week and recap. Uh, as always, thankful for all the people that come in each week, all the new viewers, all the new subs. Uh, fuck, what do we have next week, man? Let me look ahead real quick. Uh, UC 288. Fuck me, man. I can't believe we're coming back to, uh, to paper year. It seems so, so quick, man. Uh, you know, Charlie Oz or Benio, you should talk good, man. We're still gonna get a great fight. Bill Mohammed Gilbert Burns called me. God damn, Gilbert's doing that fast of a turnaround? Yeah. Dude. About a, about a month apart in fights. He's Dude, gonna have got... three fights in five months. What the fuck? You didn't even think about that. He already fought in January. He fought January 21st against Neil Magny, I believe. Dude, this guy wants the fucking title shot. They're, they're dirty. He's not gonna be prevented from it. You know what? Gilbert Burns is Joshua. He is DTF. Down to fight. Yeah, we're putting it on the t-shirt. Fuck it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, yeah, man. Just, he's absolutely DTF. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, shout out to all the people who have, who have, uh, you know, come along. Still trying to hit 1,000 subs. Um, before I go on vacation, which is next week, so. We need to get about 25 subs in the next, like, eight days. So we'll see if we can hit it. Probably not, but weird things have happened. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm at Josh Illinois on Twitter. He's at AngelOrtega underscore 01 at Quartzite Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.